listening to the Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Podcast. Welcome to episode 89 of the Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Podcast. Joined tonight with Drew Dean, a.k.a. DFS Drew. What's popping? What's good? What's up, Chase? I'm getting that uh, the NFL itch. We're approaching the start of the NFL season, and I saw where DraftKings released the salaries for week one. So I'm getting, I'm getting the itch to, to jump into NFL. Oh, dude, D- yeah, DFS Drew is ready to go. He he hit me up. He texted me the other day, and uh, when when you sent me, you were like, "Man, the salaries are out." It was like you just like ejaculated like virtually all over <laughs> his screen. It was nuts. So I know I know you're pumped. I know you're pumped up. But uh, but yeah, episode eighty nine brought to you by Rotoballer. Uh, you can go over to rotoballer.com right now. Check out the NASCAR premium content uh, by me, Scott Engle, Sean Engle, Dan Dobish. Um, and we are rocking and rolling. Just got wrapped up with Poconos. You can use promo code garage and get a discount on that purchase. Rotoballers also got you covered for everything NFL. Uh, get over there now. I'm doing a lot of Saints stuff. Actually went to Saints training camp this morning. Uh, first training camp I've ever been to was electric. Had a great time out there. A lot of the fans, it was just hype. It was also hot as fuck. Um, I, it, it's very rare that I, I can say that I've like experienced sweat rolling down my kneecaps. Um, did you lose some weight and some, uh, some weight chase? I'm, I'm, I'm very convinced that I at least lost like three to four pounds. Today. <laughs> um, I had, I had this one picture though that I took where I was on Twitter, where I, I'm sure like some, some of you guys have seen it. I was holding the, uh, the little, you know how like the, they have on Instagram where people like hold the little like cutouts and shit and it has stuff written over it. And like, I, it took me a minute, but like, yeah, like I could tell, like I got like skinny man boobs going on cause I am losing weight. So like I got the skinny man boobs thing happening. Um, they're, they're, they're disappearing. So they're getting smaller and smaller. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like maybe like about an A cup at this point. So we're, we're, we're getting better. We're doing better. Um, but yeah, it was, it was hot as shit out there, man. But yeah, I was out there. I got to check out a couple of players, man. One of the players that was fucking incredible that I uh, just like fucking went nuts over today was Jared Cook. Um, surprise, surprise. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I've been, I've been drafting a lot of my, my tight ends early. Like I've been going for like, you know, the Kittles and Kelsey and, but now after just watching him play and like this past week, just kind of being online, like I'm, I'm starting to realize that I need to, to not worry so much about trying to get a tight end early, let other people do that because that way I'm going to be able to capitalize more with wide receivers and running backs, wait for that tight end. 
And I think that a lot more people now that, you know, we're everyone's kind of getting a little more sensible now with their drafting. Cause like when you first get into NFL draft season, everyone's just like exploding. They're like, Oh my God, I want, I want the best players everywhere. Like give, give me, give me the best tight end on the board. I'll, I'll draft you in the second round. I don't give a fuck. And that's where Travis Kelsey's going right now. I don't think I've ever seen tight ends go this high in all of my years of playing fantasy football. So it's uh it's been a crazy year for the big tight ends. Everyone's like scrambling for them. Like they scramble for running backs. Cause last year was the big RB surge. And it's like this year's like the mini tight end surge. So, right. I you definitely people, see that in the casual leagues too. Oh, facts dude. So like now, but, but yeah, I'm starting to get a little, a little better with, you know, like, Hey, I'm going to wait now because you're starting to see more of this value, and especially with training camps going around for everyone. You're starting to understand a lot more. Um, about who you want and where you want to get them at and you know with the the you know the the preseason's coming up uh there's gonna be a lot more news and stuff so before the pro league draft which will be on the august the 14th um i'm sure we'll have a lot lot out the way and everybody will kind of be a little more simmered down and sensible with their picking and uh so but yeah it was a uh, training camp was a crazy experience good stuff um and with it being part two of the wide receiver episode tonight, I guess it's in order for me to go ahead and, and say that uh, Keith Kurtwood is getting the majority of the reps for the Saints um, with Michael Thomas being gone. Still no word on what the contract's going to be or if the contract's even coming. I'm sure it's going to come. It has to come. They, they have to give the man the money. They, they don't want to lose somebody like him and a talent like him. But uh, yeah, yeah, I'm not Kurt, worried about that one. I'm not no, worried about that. But hey, didn't they release Cam Meredith today, or was that yesterday? I think that was yesterday. That was on that was on uh, Monday. They released Cam Meredith, uh, so I know that he's he's gone. And I mean, it's really whoopty whoopty do. Like nobody right, really cared right. about that. Uh, One less Trey, body. Yeah, exactly. Trey Quan. I, I can definitely say, even with Michael Thomas coming back, Keith Kirkwood will probably still be used a good bit in that offense. So. Um, they're going to, cause I mean, he's, he's been the favorite so far, man. Just watching Drew Brees out there today, just connecting with him. And it, you could just tell like, that was his, you know, that was his go-to guy. So it's always cool to see you always get these like no name guys pop up with the saints, man. I, I say it year after year, like they're the team that like brings these guys that not really anyone knows what the hell or who the hell they are. And they just give them life. So it's always the beauty of Sean Payton. That is, that is underdog master. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah, wide receiver episode part two. We got a lot uh, to cover. We're going to cover the uh, other 16 teams we didn't get to last week, and we'll get towards that towards the end of the show. Um, before we get two wide receivers, uh, we're going to go ahead and, and cover some news uh, that went down. We've got some cool news to talk about, some, some garage talk-esque news. And then uh, we'll, we'll jump to some training camp news before we roll into uh, to the wide receivers. And then obviously we got to cover some NASCAR stuff. But let's uh, let's go ahead and talk about this this cool news that's been popping off. One story that hit this week in the sports world or the uh, esports world was uh, this kid, sixteen year old kid. They call him Booga. Uh, his name is Kyle Gisserdorf. I hope I'm saying that right. I'm not really sure. This kid brought home $3 million for winning Fortnite, Drew. $3 million, bro. That's what we call securing the bag. That, that is, that, that's securing the bag for, for a long fucking time. At 16, what would you have spent your money on at 16 if, you had, if somebody was like, here, you just won $3 million? 
Yeah, that's probably a dangerous question. I don't even know how to answer that. Uh, but it's it's funny that um, it's funny that we read this uh, cool news right after we had a conversation about when we used to game when we were younger and how we kind of got pushed away from it. And now we're seeing people make three million dollars off of it. Dude, it's it's so wild. Like in, in when you're going back to when we were younger. I mean, I still play games like video games. Like I like lately, all I pl- ever play is NASCAR Heat. Like, that's all I've been fucking with because, like, they're literally guys that are getting paid money and they're signed by the actual NASCAR teams. And they're, they're like, racing at, at every week on Twitch and on uh, YouTube, whatever. You can watch these guys play on Xbox and PlayStation, and they are making money. They're getting paid by Joe Gibbs and RCR and Hendrick. It's, it's fucking nuts, dude. When I was a kid, I was just like, you know, like like playing like Spyro and then like your mom yells at you and you have to get off. Now these kids are like, I'm trying to make fucking money and make a living mom. Like leave me the fuck alone. Like, <laughs> so are you close to uh, are you close to turning pro? Am I close to turning pro? Yeah, I want to see it. Fuck no, dude. I got a long way to go. <laughs> I'm like getting ran off the road by like eight-year-olds right now. Dude. It's insane. As they're cussing at you? Oh my god, dude. I'm on. I was on there the other day. I was. Uh, I think like lo- what I like to race mostly, like uh, when I'm playing heat, is the extreme dirt tour. I love the dirt track racing. So like I, I've gotten pretty good at that. But when I go into the Cup Series stuff. And I'm racing on the tracks, you know, just like kind of, I mean, it's really like driving, dude. Like Jordan actually bought a wheel. So he has a steering wheel for his Xbox. And like when I play with the wheel and the pedal set, like it's a breeze, dude. Like I can drive on, on, on asphalt, you know, but, and, and even on dirt, but like on a controller, which is what I play on mostly like dirt is what I'm really specializing in. Cause it's hard working that brake and then hitting the gas in the right. You got to gas into the corners. Like it really is like driving a car, man. So with a wheel, it's way better, but yeah, these eight year old kids, man, I was racing one the other day and this car just like, I, I guess this kid got mad. So he like gets down, um, onto the apron. And as soon as I come around, like turn two, I think we were at Chicago land. I'm coming around turn two. He just like revs up and just fucking puts me in a wall sideways. He's like, that's what you get, pussy. And he just like rolls out. I'm just like, what the fuck? How do you know these words? You're like eight. So, yeah, that's the only thing. How'd you respond? How'd you respond? I didn't. I don't have a microphone. I don't fuck with that. (laughs) I'm not trying to engage with these fucking, these little children that are playing this. But, yeah, it's tough, man. Like, because he doesn't have like, uh, it doesn't really have like lobbies. Like it, you have to get on at certain times of the day. Like you get into a big lobby where there's like 20 people playing, you know, you're going to be playing with some serious people most likely. So it's all about getting in there and then you have to like hit the qualifying and, 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 you know, once you, your numbers are high enough, you make a profile online, but there's not enough people playing this game. So it's like super easy right now that, to get signed. Like, so if they do another qualifier for next season and sign some new drivers, like, my hopes, my, my hopes for it is like, I would love to get signed doing extreme dirt tour. If they made it to where you could do a professional extreme dirt tour, I'm all over that. I want a dirt track race. That's, that's what I fucking love. So that's, that's what I so, was. For. So future esports star garage, ch- a garage guy chase. Amen. We, Making we, his we, announcement. We need to really like, I've honestly like get, getting off the, even the, the NASCAR game, like just getting into uh, fucking video games in general. I would love to just do like garage guys, esports and like find some guys that are like playing, you know, like 
I, I know a guy that plays Super Mario Brothers. Or no, not Super Mario. Uh, Super Smash Bros. And he plays it on Switch. And he goes to contests um, around, like, the Louisiana, New Orleans area. He'll go hit up contests every week. And he, he plays as Dr. Mario. And, like, he's, he's a beast, dude. And, like, there are people making money playing Super Smash Brothers. It's just a wild yeah. world that we're living in right now. Like, any video game you can think of, there are people that are playing competitively. So it's, right. it's wild. But, yeah, $3 million, just before, before I get off the, the, the video game kick, this kid made three grand in 2019. Uh, the Joker, uh, Novak Djokovic, for the one Wimbledon, he made $2,983,748. Tiger Woods made $2,070,000 for winning the Masters. And Brooks Kepka won $1,980,000 for winning the PGA in 2019. So this kid literally made more money than all of those guys playing these classic sports that have been like huge, like for generations. So that just shows you like there's a fuckload of money in video games and this shit is not going anywhere. I bet he's just pimping out his uh, bedroom with his money. I don't know. This kid deserves it though. I literally watched a video of him like playing Fortnite and the way he moves his hands on a keyboard is some, some fucking unhuman shit. Like, I don't, I don't even know how to explain it. Like, it's just like, you got like a fucking 15 year old in the back, like, like screaming, yeet, 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 ooh, kill him. It's like all over the place. So it's insane. What, what the hell is happening? But yeah, who knows? Maybe he'll be smart and invest it. I mean, that's, that. I, I would have never done that back then. I don't, I don't know. I probably would have fucking – I don't even know what I would have bought. I don't even want to go into that. I could. That, that's a, another segment for another day of what uh, 16-year-old Chase would have spent $3 million on. It would have it been – That bad. sounds like a garage guy talk after an NFL week. Yes, big time, which is coming back. Original garage talk is coming back next week, guys. Don't fret. Um, so another another thing in the in the news – this really isn't cool news – it's more of sad news. Um, I haven't had, I haven't smoked weed in three days. It's been rough. Um, and I'm, uh, I'm at this point right now where my, my head hurts a lot and I'm just like, fuck, like what's happening. So if anybody has weed and they want to, you know, give it to me or send it to me, uh, I'm accepting donations for weed. So I just want to put that out there. I wish they How had many like, times has your mind drifted to to desiring the the weed? Oh, uh, right now, <laughs> in this exact I need, moment, I need the Stephen A. from me one, one time. No, I need to, I need to be on the weed. I can't even do that. <laughs> I can only do that if I'm if I'm if I'm high. If I'm if I'm actually smoking weed, that's the only time I'll say that. So now everybody that's ever heard me say that on the show knows, like, oh, Chase was high. Like, so, it's, <laughs> so like because like i don't drink everybody knows i quit drinking back in january i let that shit go and and so i just i, I went on my cloud life train so it's uh it's been three whole days it's, it's uh i mean i've got i mean i'll say this like i get a lot accomplished when i do smoke but i feel like when i don't smoke i'm just like if i get like frustrated i'm just like it's, it's a lot worse so I mean, a lot of my happy-go-lucky comes from just living the cloud life. So, so stay away. I shouldn't text you when you when you're off the weed. 
No, it's okay. You you can yeah. You, I mean, we're talking right now. We're doing we're doing this podcast, so it's all good. People are probably gonna be like, "Damn, we really need to get this guy some weed, man." Like he's yeah. We, we don't know what's about to happen on this podcast. Chase isn't quite as creative without the weed. Oh no, I will say this: my creativity is 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 way more off the wall without the weed, probably because I'll be <laughs> up in the space and thinking about random ass shit, and I'll just like pop up. I might squirrel a couple of times on this episode. So we'll see. I can't wait for it. It's going to be fun as always. Um, Pat McAfee. I'm super pumped for Pat. You text me on Monday and we're like, you know, basically showing me. Um, Cause like what me and drew and, and everybody in garage guys, I mean, like we're like a unit and a team. We always like to motivate each other and we build each other up. You had sent me a, uh, a Monday motivational piece and it was, it had to do with Pat McAfee. And I was just like, when the fuck did this happen? I was like, is this re- is this real? And like, it had just happened, but, uh, Pat McAfee is going to be on ESPN now. And I think that that is incredible because Pat McAfee belongs there because if they want to continue reaching this new generation of, of ESPN content consumers, because the internet's taken over everything, ESPN has got to get on their game. They made it a fantastic move. I actually called for Pat McAfee to be signed to Monday night football when Jason Witten went back to football, I thought that Pat McAfee on Monday night football would be electric. And so even though that didn't happen, I'm still happy as hell to see him get a spot there because I do believe that he needs to be a commentator. He's, he's one of the most electric, most fun guys to watch. Do you remember when I think it was one of the last games of the season, he was color commentating. I don't know if it was, I think it was CBS, the lions and Packers game. Do you remember watching that? Yeah, it's a natural transition for him. I mean, it's not forced like – I mean, no offense, Jason Witten, but it's not forced like Jason Witten. So, right. um, I think it, he's going to do great. So, I'm not not surprised at all. Yeah. Well, he was he was on that game. It was uh, Green Bay and, and the Lions, dude, and the shit that he was just saying. Like, I literally – like, if I can watch a football game and laugh all the way through it, that's primetime entertainment. Like, so – they uh they made a very smart move. Really excited for him and uh excited to see what happens. He'll be on Thursday night college football and uh he'll be doing get up on ESPN with uh was it Hasselback? Yeah, Hasselback and then hopefully we see him transition to the NFL. I know that's where me and you'd rather him be, but oh, it'll, starts, it'll happen. starting at college. Yeah. It's yeah. gonna happen, dude. It's gonna happen. I, mean, I think college is gonna be great for him because like the younger crowd that's watching a lot of the older people that didn't really go to college, because you know how you got the, you always had those fans, especially in Louisiana, LSU fans. And, oh, LSU's my team. Oh, w- what years did you go to college? I never went to college there. <laughs> it's like, well, okay. Like you always have, you always have those people. That's a lot of Alabama fans like that too. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's just uh, they're probably gonna be like, who is this guy talking about for a brand and and punters and kickers? Nobody wants to hear that. While everybody else that's you know in the in the millennial generation or growing up, they we're gonna be dying and rolling. It's gonna be great. So I'm excited for that. Thank you, ESPN. You you made a great great choice there. <clears throat> okay, NASCAR vroom vroom time. Pocono just wrapped up last Pocono race of the year. Uh, Denny Hamlin won it. He got his fifth win. So I got to go ahead and say that. Congrats to Denny. He straight up said in the beginning of the year after he won Daytona, it was going to be a five-win season. So he got his fifth win. Dude, marked his words. Do you think that this is about to be Hamlin season now? Do you, do you think that 
now that he's got this fifth win, he's just like it's balls to the wall time. I'm not quite ready to say that yet. Um, just because if I'm – I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Chase, but a lot of his wins have come where he takes the lead towards the end of the race. It's not a race where he's necessarily had the best car the entire race. Um, he just swoops up. Yeah, yeah, which is, I mean, all the power to him. That's actually more impressive to take the win without the best car. So, Right. Well, I mean, he's not, not concerned about DFS shit whatsoever. But as oh, no, far no, as him no. winning the races, like as far as no. him finding a way to do it. Because, I mean, his strategy that he had at Pocono where he just sat back in like third and conserved that fuel and then just like popped off like right at the end. I think he passed Truex and Jones and like he got up front. Like he, I mean, he's doing some really smart racing at Pocono. I know that much, but I feel like now that he's got this fifth win, like he's about to be wreaking havoc. Like, I feel like he, I don't even know. I can't even think of how long it's been since he's actually won a championship or if he's ever won a championship. Yeah. He's got a great chance at it for sure. I didn't, I didn't necessarily mean it in DFS perspective. I just meant it in, in terms of, I think, I think he's had some really timely things work out in his favor towards the end of races. Um, no doubt he's a great race, you know, NASCAR driver, but uh, I'm still leaning on on Kyle Busch, even though I don't really like the guy. But <laughs> that's does. who I think is – yeah, yeah, that's who I think is going to be. Uh, <laughs> that's who I think is going to win it. But Oh, yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, Hamlin's never won a championship. So it would be a cool feat, and especially with him being signed by Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan would probably make an appearance at Miami Homestead for sure if he was up that high in the – in the playoffs. I do I like mean, Hamlin. Yeah. I mean, I would root for that. I don't know about you, but I would I would definitely take that this season. I would want to see Michael Jordan set up a basketball goal on the finish line at Homestead. If all right, so if Denny Hamlin wins, Michael Jordan has to dunk on the finish line at Homestead. As long as he's not signing free agents. Yeah, that too. That too. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Stay away. But um, so yeah, that was the big news. But as far as DFS goes, if anybody was playing NASCAR DFS this week, um, your best lineup option for one, stupid excited about the boy Willie B. William Byron uh, was the second best play in DFS, uh, totaling sixty-seven fantasy points on DraftKings. Um, he, uh, I was, I was high on him before he failed Tech. And so that's always a good feeling when you're already like excited about a player, you're going to put him in your lineups. Then he fills tech inspection and you know how fast the car is. You're just like, it's on, you know what I mean? Like, so that was the wildest part of this week is that we had nine cars failed, failed tech inspection. So that was easily like, I know me and you talked a shitload Sunday morning when it come to these cars and they were failing. I was just like, yep, you're in the lineup. You're in the lineup. You're in the lineup. <laughs> like, and that's basically how, I modeled all of my lineups for DFS was based around these guys that failed tech inspection. Absolutely. That's definitely the number one mistake that people make uh, DFS-wise is not understanding the way the scoring works. So anytime there's tech that goes on the same day as the race, you have to make sure you kind of reanalyze your entire strategy after that. So glad that me and you talked, and I think it worked out, especially for you this week. Oh, big facts. Yeah, I actually I won – uh, a couple of the the I wouldn't say tournaments, but some multipliers that I played in, which uh, I'm a big fan of the multipliers for sure. It's a small small amounts of people, and you can win some pretty big money if you know what you're doing. Um, and then you, on the other hand, on the tournaments, uh, were a little upset 
you were on pace to have a pretty big day. Yeah, and... <laughs> yeah. I think I should retire from Garage Guys already. Uh, it seems that the past three weeks have have gotten me in the last uh, three or four laps. So don't I put actually, that evil I... on on this. Don't you dare! Don't you dare! Yeah. Uh, totally <laughs> kidding. But uh, no, I had I had going to the last lap or last two laps. It was overtime NASCAR, um, and I was in a 286 player tournament. I was tied for first with three with two other people and it was a $180 buy-in for the tournament. So it was a big, it was a big prize up, up top and I was splitting it three ways and Austin Dillon in the last two laps drops 10 places and I fall from tied for first to tied for 13th. Yeah. He was, he was the one guy that I was like, you know, he, he finished with 40 fantasy points on the day, but he was the guy that I was like really upset with, man. Like I was just like, shit, like I can't, I can't deal with that. He was right there. He was right there. He just couldn't. I I don't know if there was a fuel issue. That seemed to be a big thing was uh, fuel mileage, you know, like with the race dwindling down and all the cautions that people were running out of fuel. But I I didn't, I didn't look into it. I was so disgusted. I just kind of stopped. It scared me. It scared me so bad whenever I started realizing that they could run out of gas because I'm like, oh my God, like none of this is going to hold up. Because like I had Eric Jones in a lot of lineups. I had William Byron in almost every one of them. Uh, Daniel Hemrick was probably my most solid play of the week as a sleeper. He racked in uh, 48 fantasy points. So I had him written on the sleeper article on Roto Baller. I had William Byron as a sleeper. Then I moved him to a must start. So that was uh, that was one of the the better plays that I had the week. And then so one of the guys that I didn't really know how he was going to turn out, but he actually ended up doing really well was Kyle Larson. Uh, with 66 fantasy points because he was starting in the rear. He didn't fail tech inspection or anything, but he, uh, I, I didn't think that he was going to do as well as he did as far as fantasy went. And Kyle Bush disappointed me, man. He he finished with 59. 59 points is whatever, but he, uh, I definitely thought that he was going to find a way to uh, make sure that he, he stayed where he needed to be. I think he had a negative four place differential um, in that race. So, he was uh, one of the guys I was a little disappointed in, but, you know, hey, it's racing. So, you never really know what you're going to get. You just got to kind of go off your gut and, you know, maybe use a little bit of history and see what happens for the best. Whatever it's going to be is going to be. That's all you can do because NASCAR has the ability on DFS to make you sick to your stomach more than any other sport, I feel like. <laughs> I feel like that was directed right at me. And yes, I agree. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Big facts. Big facts. But, yeah, um, and then after this race, um, going into more of the reason why we love NASCAR and just the drama that can happen in NASCAR. So, like, right towards the end, I think it was Ricky Stenhouse and Kurt Busch got caught up in a wreck. Kurt Busch came out on Twitter because I know they were having – they had beef and they had words and shit, like, uh, right after the race had went down. But there was a tweet that was put out. Kurt Busch came out and yesterday, I believe – or it was Tuesday – um, or uh, Monday, and he said, after sleeping on it, I've decided to take the high road with the Stenhouse incident. Hopefully he won't wreck me up there as well. Didn't even tag Ricky or anything, and Ricky comes back, take the road on over if you really want that to handle it. You have my number. I was just hoping he would be like, you don't want this smoke? Like, motherfucker, like, just something like that. But, uh, but yeah, that, this is why we love it. Out. Yeah. yeah. Boxing gloves out. Big facts, dude. And, like, Bubba Wallace flipped off Daniel Suarez, which that was deserved, dude. Daniel Suarez was a mess back there. He was the guy that I had as a sleeper, man, and he did not do well at 
all um, during that race. So that was one of my boo-boos that I made for the week, and that happens from time to time. But, yeah, he had uh, he had four points in DFS, bro. Four points. Rough day for, for the old Suarez guy. He just – do we really think that, like, after this, this season – he continues to show this type of effort that that Stuart Haas is really going to re-sign him. He's going to have a lot of work to do. I think he's. I think you said something about prior history at the next race, and maybe he can he can uh, do something next race to prove himself. <clears throat> Big facts. So yeah, moving into uh, to to Watkins Glen. This is our last road uh, road course of the season. If Suarez is going to prove himself, it's going to be this week because in two races, he's averaging 51 fantasy points on DraftKings. So that's a big number. He's the number one guy as far as averages goes uh, for, for points right now. So his average is the best out of all of them. And Kurt Busch is right behind him, followed by William Byron, Chase Elliott, Martin Truex. So that's kind of the top five in averages for Watkins Glen. So those are going to be some guys to watch out for your DFS lineups this week. Um, just average wise. And then of course on Saturday, be watching practice, watch qualifying and then watch for uh tech inspection. But I don't really think tech inspection matters that much at Watkins Glen, because I mean, it, you know, road course racing is, is can be a little bit different than, you know, racing an oval. So there's, Agreed. Agreed. yeah. Yeah. If somebody gets dropped to the back in a road course race, I'd, I'd probably be more inclined to avoid them than anything. So that's just a little bit of tips for that on the whole, the NASCAR side and uh, getting ready for this road course race. So, so tune into that on NBC and um, you can hear all about slide jobs from Dale Earnhardt. And uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe they'll say eat, eat, eat when they start the race. Cause there's going to be no more boogity, boogity, boogity anymore. So I'm just waiting for that next big catchphrase to come. It's going to come from somewhere. It's coming soon. Yeah. It has to. All right. Rolling into NFL training camp news so training camp's going on a lot of news is surrounding there's a lot of talk a lot of people saying anything they can to try to catch a buzz some of the things we know for a fact Zeke Elliott not at camp Um, Jerry Jones came out and made the comment that you don't need a champion runner to win a Super Bowl Uh, true or false true I think I mean I think the value of the running backs going down, but when you have a guy like Zeke Elliott, I think he, I think he's as good as it gets in terms of a workhorse running back. That means that that means that much to the offense. Um, I understand Jerry Jones's approach though. He kind of is a, is the type of guy that's going to say what he wants to say, regardless. What do you think, Chase? I mean, for me, everybody is out there, and like I'm. I don't like nine times out of 10, I'm going to kind of agree with whatever's going on. But on this one, I I think that the value of the running back is actually going up because you're seeing more running backs that aren't just a standard running back. You're not just having this guy that's running up the gut. These are gadget hybrid football players that are doubling as wide receivers, you know, because the running back position is evolved completely. So yeah, like, you know, you, a running back isn't going to be the only thing that gets you to a Super Bowl. I'm in the mindset defense wins championships, and that's where I've always been. Um, so having a good defense and then definitely having a couple of key players on offense that can get the job done is important. But I think that a running back is important to have because especially with somebody like Zeke, him being able to catch the ball out the backfield, the way that he can run, his agility, 
this guy, he deserves to be paid. I mean, we, we've seen Le'Veon Bell get paid, and Zeke has been the, one of the best rushers in the league, if not the best rusher over the past couple of years. Th- this man deserves to be paid. I think he deserves to be paid more than, uh, more than a couple of the other guys on the team. I don't think that – I mean, Dak, yeah, I, I understand that it's a tough spot to be in when you're trying to get salary around, you know, a team. But, um, you know, like Dak is – I think he's one of the what, he's one of the highest paid quarterbacks, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I'm not sure if he's signed yet. Yeah, he's but he's, he's trying to be. He's trying to become that. But, you know, we're seeing – I mean, quarterbacks – I mean, as history has shown, quarterbacks are the, the quote-unquote leader of the team. They do need to be paid. But at the same time, it's like with all these teams that are going more of this hybrid run offense, you know, the, even the quarterbacks are more of like running backs. Like it's just – it's and that's kind of where things are shifting now. You're going to always have your pocket passers. But I think Dak is a great quarterback. A lot of people sleep on him. I think that he can do some pretty cool things and, and people just don't give him enough credit. Um, Zeke Elliott, just pay the man. I mean, if you but, pay him – But he – but what – I mean, also – what do you think about the CBA? I mean, he he agreed to the contract. He, sh- you know, Jerry Jones's point is that he signed a contract and he should be there regardless if he thinks he he is deserve deserving of more money. Do you think he should be holding out, or do you think he should be there? I mean, like like bottom line is this: he inked the deal. If he put his signature on something, yeah, I feel like it's kind of bratty that he's not there. But at the same time, if he made a mistake. Signing it, I mean, you, you got to have a lawyer that can take care of that shit for you. To be completely honest with you, man, I didn't even realize that he had fucking inked the deal. <laughs> I'll be straight up with you. <laughs> I didn't even yeah, fucking I realize that he inked the that, deal. That changes everything big, now. That's the big controversy of the whole thing is he's got two years left on his, exi- ex- his existing rookie deal. And I think it's more of a running backs coming together type situation and saying, hey, if we're already producing at a level that's above our rookie contract, we need to hold out because the chances of us getting hurt are higher than us producing at the same rate for X amount of years. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, I mean the running back, the running back position. They, I mean, they're going to be retiring around 30 anyway. That's normally how it goes. So, but I mean, I see it now. But every player is going to do that because I mean, you're seeing that happen with wide receivers now. You know, and it's just like when, when this, this kind of culture, it's NBA culture is what I call it. And the NBA culture is bled over to the NFL. But, yeah, if Zeke already inked the contract and he's doing this just to do it, then, yeah, that's, that's fucked up. And I just realized that. Wow. I, I think, gotta, I think I Zeke does. I got to read more into shit. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, you're good. I think Zeke deserves it. And I think his situation, in my opinion, is different than Melvin Gordon's because I think Zeke makes that offense. I think Melvin Gordon – is honestly easily replaced. That's my opinion. I think he's a good oh, running back. For him. But for the system, I mean, the Cowboys system to me is Zeke. And the system to the Chargers, I think Melvin Gordon is just kind of a product of it. That's my opinion. That's my take. But They're being quick. The Cowboys are being quick to, to look at things differently now. I mean, with him holding out, people don't realize you, you got Amari Cooper in the situation now. They actually have a wide receiver that's worth the fuck. Randall Cobb's coming in. Like, their receiving core is going to be pretty good. As long as Dak's doing his job and he's getting that ball where it needs to go, they're going to have a great, great year, like, regardless with the wide receivers. But, you know, it's just Jerry Jones is one of those guys you can't really fuck with when it comes to the money the money side of everything because he's going to just be straight up with you. What was the deal with him and T.O.? 
back in the day where he was like they they were having dinner or something they were like he was like no more meals or some shit like that <laughs> i can't really remember he was i don't like, know cut, cutting it off like you yeah you jerry jones is one of the motherfuckers you just can't you can't do shit like that with so i mean they're gonna learn it they're gonna figure it out but i don't i don't trust it and after last year we saw so many people get burned by Le'Veon bell who's to say that zeke wouldn't wouldn't do that you know you don't know now we don't really know like because we all thought we were living in this world where oh they're just talking smack these running backs don't you know they're not they're gonna be there they're gonna play they're not gonna miss out on that money you see lev do it that's gonna make other players be like okay well we lev did it so fuck it we'll do it too so agreed yeah everything it changes everything i i'm a little bit different on my stance than you are just from the sheer fact if I don't think it should affect him sliding too many positions back than what you would take him a minor impact for sure but still to to this day the only person that we've seen it happen with is Le'Veon and I don't know if, if you ask Le'Veon Bell did this work out the way you wanted it to he would say no so I think Zeke is aware of that and Melvin Gordon's aware of that but I think it should have a fantasy impact in terms of when he's being drafted, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't pass on him if he falls to you. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, like if I, I'll be honest with you, like with me, like I I didn't draft Lev Bell last year and I'm not going to go out of my way to get Zeke this year. I want to have sure bets. I mean, I'm, I've always lived, you know, like to live by, you know, you got to risk it to get the biscuit and I get that. (laughs) But like when it comes, when it comes to this shit, like, I'm not trying to risk like having to trade away like three players just to make up for one that I drafted high and then I'm not going to get anything from it for the year. So if he comes back into the picture and he's, and he returns back or whatever and everything's good to go, then I'll, I'll reconsider my shit. But yeah, I'm not going to go after Zeke, but if he's like there, like, you know, if I'm like picking ninth or 10th in the first round and he's like chilling there, then I'll be like, yeah, I'll go, I'll go for it. I'll get him. Right. So, I mean, that's that's where I'm at on it. Melvin Gordon, he shouldn't even be fucking doing this shit. I mean, he's good, but, I mean, he, you know, he ain't fucking Zeke. He ain't Lev. He's not Saquon. He's not Kamara. So, I think he uh, – I think that he should probably take what he's got and rock and roll with it. Maybe, you know, have a have another great season, have another good season like he had last year or a better season, and then he can do what he's doing now. That's where I stand on him. Um, AJ Green just had news drop uh, that it's not looking good for him after his ankle surgery because he it was supposed to be out for six to eight weeks, and now they're saying that he's going to miss how many games was it? I think it was. Shit. It's been it's been weird reporting. So it's basically went from six to eight weeks to possibly being back for week one to now looking more like that six to eight weeks but on the on the latter half of that so seems like he might miss a few games maybe be back week two week three even as far as week four so that's just the 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 most recent reporting and that's already changed two or three times so right so i mean everything's really changing but even with that news out there i mean were we really that excited about aj green I, I mean, was, you know, I know I'm, you were. Last week we talked about it, and I already I came out and said Tyler Boyd. I think Tyler Boyd's going to have the better year. So, and I mean, it's, I think it's, it's easily forgotten though. AJ Green, like over his career, has been a dominant receiver, and I think it's just been forgotten because of the 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 end of the season last year where he got kind of banged up and injured, and then Tyler Boyd came onto the scene. But 
now with the other injury, it's a little bit more concerning, and it definitely is going to affect when you take him in drafts. So I, I can't deny that. Yeah, it's definitely going to be different for him. But, uh, yeah, old man Green. Yeah, I'm not, he's another <laughs> one that I'm not really going out for. He's just been banged up too much, man. That's just For the past, like, three years, all I can remember is he him getting carted off with his face in his hands. So that's that's not really the kind of people that I like to go after. Not looking good for my Andy Dalton bet with you, so. Yep, nope. Tyler Boyd's about all he's got, and then Joe Mixon. So, <laughs> I'm 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 gung ho for Joe, gung ho for <laughs> Joe this season for sure. Uh, Tyreek Hill got a bruised quad. It was looking rough. I was uh I was driving back from training camp, and I saw the tweet come out where he uh he was on the ground. He got hit by uh, somebody on the defense, and he was laying there for a minute. They put him in the passenger seat of the cart, and I'm like, oh shit, here we go, like. Like, here come that karma. <laughs> like, that's all I thought. I know it's <laughs> fucked up to say, but I was like, here comes that karma. And, uh, but, but he's got a bruised quad, so he's going to be fine and getting back in there. I, it doesn't affect where he's going for me at all um, in fantasy. Agreed. And, and then uh, Andrew Luck. So, milking that calf injury. Uh, they're going to be limiting him again. This is the, like, if I had to. He's the most fragile quarterback, I think, of 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 our generation. Has to be, with how he treats his injuries. And I mean, all respect to the guy. If they're still paying him, but like this dude is the most over He's like your grandma, like when you like got when you fell down and like you know got a like scratch on the concrete and like it was like the end of the world. And, like, your grandma – I don't know how your grandma was, but my grandma was like that. Like, she would freak <laughs> out about, like, any little thing. Like, oh, my God, my baby. Like, I feel like that's how Andrew Luck is with every injury that he gets. Man, I, I don't know what's going on there. I, the first report I saw was that it was – I saw something like, hey, this is part of the precautionary methods because of the Kevin Durant injury. And I was like, are we really at the point where we're relating – NFL injuries and training camp to the NBA world. That's oh, you bet. I saw. You yeah. bet we are. Yeah, we are there 100%. If they're going to relate the money issues to it, and like the players are going to relate injuries to it as well. I mean, I get I'm all for wellness. I'm all for for people trying to take care of their body and it's important and everything, but I mean like you see some of the greats out there that are balling out and like they they'll they'll keep balling with an injury like that. I mean, like I get it's the calf issue or whatever, but you're you finally got back to a point where like you're you're getting back in a groove with your offense and things are looking good. And for fantasy players, we can be selfish at times when it comes to these kind of things. But you know, that's another one of those issues where now you're like questioning, like, oh shit, do I want to? like go out on a limb and get this guy again or, or or do we want to go in the fourth and the fifth round and grab Andrew Luck like it changes it all and if he just continues this kind of trend you got to think that Indianapolis eventually is going to be like okay like we we can't keep doing this like we we can't keep having these issues yeah, I'm not sure what the what the proper approach from an organizational standpoint is but I think it's a it's coming from top down, right? Like that, this isn't something that, you know, they're deciding day of practice to sit him out or resting. I feel like everyone's aligned. So I'm not sure. 
I'm not sure what you do. I don't think it affects his draft stock, though, yet. I, I want to wait and see what the next few weeks say. I mean, do we think he's going to miss most of training camp? I don't know, dude. At this point, I feel like if the motherfucker eats, like, uh, uh, too much sriracha in his pho, like, he's going to miss, like, three games. Like, you don't, you don't know, like, what he's going to do. Like, I feel like th- this is how precautionary this guy is. Like, oh, like, I ate some really spicy food, guys. I can't play today. I got the shit. Sorry. Do you like, think it's coming from him, though? I mean, it has to. It has to be because, like, you got players out there that get this shit from their doctors, and, you know, they, they're like, oh, well, you know, the team doctors say you can play, and their their physician, you know, back home is like, I'd advise you not to. Um, and so he, he's got to be the one that's like, um, I'm not doing this. Like, I feel like he's – I feel like he is very in charge – of what he will and what he won't do. And like, I guess because he was like the heir to like Manning's throne, like when he came in, like, and how much he was petted by Peyton Manning and that, you know, that family coming into this, I feel like he's just really entitled in that quarterback position. And I'm not knocking his talent whatsoever, but like, I feel like no matter what he does, it's like, he just has a seat there. You know what I mean? And like, he's just like, it's like that. It's like your boss's kid. You know that he's gonna like get that job, and no matter what, he's gonna keep that job. Like that's how I look at Andrew Luck. It just strikes me as weird because he seems like to me the type of guy that's overly hardworking, wants to be out there with this team. I mean, we've seen the clips of him talking to to teammates and to, you know being polite to other you know the po- opposing players. That I don't know where his head's at, and I almost feel like it's more of a organizational controlling thing but we might disagree there and i uh, think that this is him i mean did you did you see the video of when he like said fuck in an interview and like he broke like his brain broke do you remember that last season yeah he yeah, was like yeah. oh no fuck he was like oh uh, uh. he went robot mode bro it, it reminded me of the austin powers uh the the fembots Have you yeah seen the the hot fembots? take andrew luck yeah. is a is a robot and he's constantly malfunctioning and they just put out all these reports because they have a lot of fucking work to do in the lab on him. Like, it's like yeah, he's like, – like, <laughs> yeah, like Austin Powers' uh, mojo broke, it, uh, broke the FemBot system. And that's, uh, a new, that's a new T-shirt that will be available on Garage Guy <laughs> soon. The Andrew Luck is a robot shirt. That's coming. That's coming. Facts. Big facts. But, yeah, uh, we'll see what happens with that. I'm not – I don't really ever try to target a lot of Colts players as it is. One, one Colts player – um, I know that we had uh, we actually discussed the the Colts last week on the wide receiver episode, um, but Paris Campbell I watched some video on him this week, and he's looking better and better. So if Andrew Luck is playing, Paris Campbell might be one of those guys, especially with Devin Funchess going down this week and getting that injury. So depending on how all that plays out, um, I think Agreed. Paris Campbell might be a might be a pretty sneaky sleeper to look at. Right. Chester Rogers has been unreliable there, and then Dontrell Inman's gone. So that's just more enforcing the comment by by you there. Big facts, big facts. Okay. This is what you came for. Part two, wide receivers. Let's go ahead and dive in. We're going to start this off. Uh, we, uh, we actually talked a little bit about our uh, top ten wide receivers of the year. Let's just name them out, um, and we can just kind of call out some of our differences or whatever. Uh, that we have. I'm going to let you go ahead and start with your top 10. 
just to reiterate it from last week. I think we talked about like our number one receiver last week, but we didn't go like all the way into like our top 10. So here are DFS Drews and, and Chase, Garage Guy Chase's top 10 wide receivers. Drew, who you got? Yeah, D Hop up top, which we discussed in depth last last episode. D Hop up top. <laughs> yep, D Hop up top. Uh, Tyreek Hill number two, which is a big surprise, and then Mike Thomas three, Devontae Adams four, Julio Jones five, Odell six, Juju seven, Antonio Brown eight, Keenan Allen nine, Mike Evans ten. So we have a lot of differences. Um, First off, as we said last week, for me, my number one is Devontae Adams. Out of doubt, consistency shows. I have D-Hop at two. I have Tyreek at three, so I'm one behind you on that one. Um, I got Mike Thomas at four, Odell at five. And then huge difference for my number six is Mike Evans, and where you have him at ten. I like uh, the Arians offense. I think that Evans is going to have a way bigger year. And I'm way confident because I'm putting Evans over Antonio Brown at seven, Julio Jones at eight, Juju Smith-Schuster at nine. And my 10 is somebody that's not even in your top 10, Amari Cooper, the Dallas Cowboys. So I like these guys this week. So many people are talking so much shit about Amari Cooper too, and I feel like I'm going to be laughing in faces by the end of this season with Amari. I'm trying to think of all the people you have him over based on what you just said. You have him over Keenan Allen. Yeah. Remember Ju- you have him over Juju? No. Juju. I have Juju right at nine and then Amari at okay. ten. Gotcha. Um, but, yeah, I have him over Keenan Allen for sure uh, just because uh, the way that the offense has been and, and uh, I always want to say San Diego, Los Angeles. Um, it's a uh, – the run game thing and the pass catching out the backfield with Eckler and if Gordon comes back and there's gonna be a lot of different things shaking up over there. And then the Mike Williams shit that everybody's on. I don't, I'm not really high on that. Um, yeah. I'm fine well, with your Mike Evans take. Uh, you know, I think after Odell, so I have, you know, D hop, Tyreek Hill, Mike Thomas, Devontae Adams, Julio Odell. After that, I think you can interchange Juju, Keenan Allen, Antonio Brown, Mike Evans. You know, those are the guys that I think are, are so close, um, in my opinion. So, Yeah, with Keenan Allen, like, I mean, I got Keenan Allen, like, right after Amari, and then, like, like just kind of going a little bit deeper, but, like, my 11 would probably be Keenan. And then my 12 would actually be uh, Stefan Diggs, and I have Stefan over Adam Thielen this year. I think Stefan's going to have a better year than Adam. I'm not opposed to that. I think it's anybody's game. They're both great. They're right. Uh-huh. They're neck and neck. Where do you always. have Edelman? Dude, honestly, like, Edelman's probably going to be – I mean, he's top 15. But yeah. I, I think that his value – people won't I, – I, I'm pretty sure some people realize it, but I think that Nikhil Harry is going to play a little bit bigger part in that offense than most people think that he is or give him credit for. Um, and then – I know that Demarius Thomas is easily forgotten, but I mean he's there too. So there's a lot of people that can emerge from that wide receiving group, and they always will. You look at Cordell Patterson last year, mm-hmm. freaking crazy. Which leads me into 
our uh, our start of the talk of the wide receiver. We're going to pick up with Chicago. So Cordell Patterson, Cordero Patterson's in Chicago this year, leaving New England, rolling there along with uh, we got Allen Robinson, we got uh, Anthony Miller. Those are kind of like uh, I feel like Anthony Miller and uh, and and Robinson are going to be your two big guys in that offense. Those are really the only two that, and like Miller would be like dynasty, like deep sleeper for any of the leagues that, that, you know, are pretty deep, like 12 to 14, man, Um, 12 to 14 uh, team leagues. Miller is definitely didn't do like as much as people expected him to do last year. You remember all the hype that was behind Miller last year? Coming in as a yeah, rookie. he kind of he kind of underwhelmed. I think I'm hoping for a big step next year. I think you are too. Oh, big facts. He's going to have to step it up. I mean, and then they still have Kevin White there, which is shocking. Um, Kevin, I think the only thing that I remember last year about Kevin White, he had this one that one big play against the Patriots, and he didn't bring it in. Hey, he's on the Cardinals. Oh, Kevin White is. Yeah, he's on the Cardinals. Oh, he did get moved. Holy shit! Look out now. Yeah. You're good. I didn't know if you wanted to change. <laughs> I, I just wanted to cut you off as soon as possible. Oh, yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah, he is. He's on the Cardinals. Holy shit. The more you know. I was that shooting star right there. They got Taylor Gabriels. They're like wide receiver three. And they drafted the other Calvin Rid- – uh, uh, Riley Ridley. That's who they, they have him to. Riley so. Ridley. Okay. Yeah, see, those are like names I haven't even looked into. That's only injuries, right? I mean, only if injuries occur would you even care about Cordell Patterson and Riley Ridley. I'll be honest, man. Like, I think Cordell Patterson could be a difference maker. He's like I, – I had him in a deep league last year, like in a 14-team league. And I played him in like a deep – like it was like a deep flex league. And I played him a couple – I mean, he's not going to be a guy like consistently will get you shit every week. But, I mean, he'll have some games where he might like have like one big play that could help tip you over the edge to win your to win your game. I mean, that's kind of the way I look at him. But, I mean, they – I feel like with Matt Nagy, you just don't know. But they're excited about him right now. I know that much because Matt Nagy was talking about the possibilities for him um, and what he can bring to the offense. Because people don't realize that last year you could play him in the running back position and you could play him as a wide receiver. But that's always lucrative to have. So, I mean, when you can use – I mean, he's like a dual flex. I mean, you could literally put him in as a running back if you've got a bye week for somebody – or as a wide receiver, and then throw another great player in your flex spot. So, right. in a dual threat, like that's what I like about Patterson is that you can use him in both. Right. So, he's a he's a Devin Hester type. One one or two plays is all it takes. Mister Hester. Yeah, he was. Do you remember watching him growing up? Punt returns. That was the best. Punt yes, returns. Dude. Devin Hester. The the one thing with Devin Hester that I remember, like the the most memorable thing, was I think it I think he was playing for the Falcons. Um, if I'm not mistaken, he played for the Falcons, correct? I think he did. Yeah, that was that older was, when he was older in his career. Yeah, he beat. Uh, it was like he he passed, um, Deion Sanders, and like Deion had him on that game, and like he they were crying like with each other. That was like one of the most memorable moments in my life watching football, just seeing the passion with between those two and that and that uh the post game presser. When they were like literally just like hugged up to each other, and Dion was crying, and he was crying, that was a powerful shit right there, man. That's why I love football, like the kind of shit like that with just like, you know, an old dog like like prime time and 
talking with Hester, that was just one of the most memorable things for me, man. It, it's still to this day, like I'll still go watch that video here and there. Like I think the last I'm time I have to rewatch it. It was like a year ago was the last time I watched it, man. But like, it's, it was a powerful moment. I remember where I was that night watching that game. It was like right when I first started playing fantasy football, it was like maybe the second year that I was into it. I, th- I want to say it was like t- 2013. Um, not 100%, but I, re- I just remember seeing it. And it was fucking great, man. It was like, it just kind of reinvigorated my whole love for watching every team throughout, like when I was first starting out in fantasy. So definitely cool shit to watch. But uh, no but with these Bears, yeah, like Robinson is definitely the guy. I've, I've picked him up in a couple of drafts. So him and Miller are really the only two I'm shooting hard for. If you're in deeper leagues, go with Cordell. Um, you can grab him up, and like I said, you, you'll probably be able to use him. But the only other issue that I would have before I leave off of the Bears is that with Tariq Cohen being the gadget that he is, that could probably interfere with Cordell Patterson. That's the only thing that I'm seeing that could be. I agree, and I just want to give a quick shout out on to to Taylor Gabriel. I mean, I think he's more. He's gonna have a bigger role, in my opinion, than than Cordell Patterson. But that's just that's just my opinion. Gabriel, yeah, I don't talk about him much, but I'll let you. I mean, he's gonna be in the slot a lot of times. It'd be interesting, Trubisky. Trubisky's really. I feel like this is gonna be a good year for him to come into his own. So it's gonna be cool to see where he's slinging that ball to. Um, yep. Eagles biggest move of the year for them Deshaun Jackson's back home so that's going to give Carson Wentz a new target to to fuck with um, and then of course Alshon Jeffrey and uh, Nelson Aguilar that's really the only three guys that I mean are you are you on anybody else in that offense at all other than uh, the the rookie the rookie um, they call him J-Jaw I can't ever pronounce his name correctly. <laughs> That's it for me. Those three guys, three main guys, and I'm not super high on any of them. But Alshon Jeffrey's always a a good end zone, good red zone target for sure. Big facts. Yeah, the I can't believe I can't remember the guy's name right now. I feel like shit, but I'm gonna have to pass it up. Uh, somebody on Twitter holla at me, but they call they call the guy Jay Jaw. Um, I haven't really watched a whole lot on the Eagles uh, recently. I haven't. I've been keeping up with some training camps, some of the bigger news, and may, mo- mostly it's been Saints stuff that I've been I've been watching just for writing on Roto Baller. But yeah. uh, but I do remember seeing some stuff about uh, about the guy they called Jay Jaw. Is it Whiteside? Yeah, Whiteside. Whiteside. What, what? It's like a hyphenated last name. Um, JJ something. I can't remember either, but I remember Whiteside. It sticks out to me. I'm not looking it up. I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. Yeah, um, that's what we do here on Garage, guys. We're <laughs> about shut off the top of your head. Didn't know. So this is this is where we are right now with me. So I'm not having a great night. This probably is the lack of weed. Um, so Kevin White to Arizona. Didn't know that Zeke signed a contract, and now I can't remember Jay Jaw's name. So it's it's looking it's looking really well. So somebody somebody pass the blunt, please. <laughs> I'm, I'm about to look up right now because I want to go ahead and get this guy's name out there. I'm leaving a negative review right now. You're leaving a negative? Okay, good. I'm going to leave one too. <laughs> J.J. Arcega Whiteside. J.J. Arcega Whiteside. Okay, so I had that part right. The yeah, side. so we had the Whiteside. The white, I knew that when as soon as you said Whiteside, I was like, yeah, that's that guy. So, yeah, J.J. Arcega Whiteside. 
Um, great for Dynasty. Um, the kid's got a lot of potential from what I've seen. Um, and I've read a lot of great stuff about him off of Twitter and just some of the, the group messages that I'm in. So he's he's somebody to look out for in Dynasty. Other than that, I'm not fucking with him. Um, and then right. if he, you know, if he – if Carson Wentz decides that he wants to grace him or if he ends up being well, I think that our best receiving option in, in Philadelphia is honestly going to be Alshon Jeffrey again. And uh, that's where I'll leave that because I'm, I'm always going to be iffy with, with Carson. And, I mean, who do we – I don't even know who the hell is backing up Carson Wentz this year. Cause, cause, it's like Sudfeld, like something like that. Yeah, when you can't even – uh, when you don't even realize who the backup quarterback is anymore, you know there's problems. So yeah, I hope his yeah, Nate, injuries Nate are Sudfeld. over. That's his name. Nate what? Nate Sudfeld. Nate Sudfeld. Yeah, sounds like a sounds like a very yeah. forgettable name. Hey, we need to throw a disclaimer out that a lot of the guys we're going to talk about in the back half of this receiver episode are people that we're only looking at for potential injury and waiver wire pickup. Yeah, this is that's about it. Like we've already, if if you you want to hear like big dogs, you go check out wide receiver episode part one. These are guys that are going to be for deeper leagues, dynasties, waiver wire. That this is this is where this shit this shit's at. There'll be a couple that'll be sprinkled into this one though that are going to be some guys you're going to get maybe like you know in the mid rounds and late. Which is like the next team we're going to talk about, the Patriots. Um, Julian Edelman is obviously a guy that you're going to get around your middle rounds, like what, like round four. Round yeah, round four is about where where Edelman's going right now, huh? I can't. Yeah. I, I can't remember exactly. Let's look at. Let's look at GGFS pot mock nine. Let's see where yeah, Edelman he, went in nine. Sleeper, um, you know, sponsor sleeper has him at forty six. Okay. Forty six as the forty sixth pick. So forty six. Right. So yeah, that's four. Four six. We'll say that maybe. No, we can't plug, say that. We can. We can plug uh, Spencer. Uh, sleeper. Yeah, sleeper. Yeah, yeah, go to sleeper. Use sleeper. It's a great app. <laughs> It's where we're uh, that's where we're doing our uh, pro league on this year, and uh, it's also where we're doing the pop mocks. I pop one of these up on Twitter every week, so if you follow uh, Garage Guys on Twitter at GGFS Podcast, follow me at Garage Guy Chase, or you follow Drew at Drew Dean, you'll be able to see these tweets that we're putting out every week, and you can hop in a mock with us. It's twelve team uh, PPR. No kickers, and we got defenses in there. It's set up exactly the same way that the pro league is set up. So great practice for us and fun. <laughs> and it's just fun <laughs> practice for everyone else if you're going to play the same setup as the pro league. But, uh, but yeah, I'm looking through it right now. I don't, I don't see his name, like, right in the – oh, yeah, here we go. He was 312 drafted by Fire Repeat um, in GGFS Pop Mock 9. So he went before Amari Cooper in this league or in this this mock, and Stefan Diggs. Okay, so yeah, so Edelman is is obviously going to be one of those guys that that are up there. And then the other guy that that we were talking about was uh, Demarius Thomas. I don't know how much of a role he's going to play, but I mean, we we've just seen it year after year. Bill Belichick will bring in who we think are washed up players and turn them into just fucking machines year after year. Yeah. I have a strong take on this team and it's no one knows what the Patriots are going to do. So first I want to throw that out there. Edelman is obviously the only 
basically Edelman and James White are the receptions that we know will be there. But I do have a weird take and somebody that I like a lot, and that's uh, Dontrell Inman. So I, I want to keep an eye on him, just waiver wire only. But he's a guy that I like. The Patriots literally are the most unpredictable team for fantasy purposes. Year they after are. year. Every they year. Are. And one big difference about somebody like, like Nikhil Harry versus a guy like DJ Metcalf is, you know, with Harry, I feel like if he screws up or is not playing well, they will easily put Philip Dorsett or Inman or Demarius Thomas. They'll throw somebody in there. But with Metcalf, I feel like he's going to have a bigger leash. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, like Metcalf is going to have way of a bigger leash because, I mean, it's like him um, – him and what who am I thinking? Tyler Lockett. Does that I mean right. obviously like Tyler Lockett's like the wide receiver one there now. But I mean it also opens up doors for um there's another guy that we were talking about last year that actually had a couple of good games for the Seahawks um that I like. Yeah. And I'm yeah. trying to I'll get to his name Aaron in a minute. Brown. Yeah, Jerome Brown. He uh he was one of those guys. He I think he had a game. They had that game against Carolina where he had that big uh that big touchdown, and that was like in the last weeks of fantasy. Like right, I think it was either during the playoffs or right before the playoffs. Because right. I remember right. I was sitting in a parking lot and I was eating some food and I was looking at uh I was I was I was watching Jake Seeley's team last year in the pro league because he was he had McCaffrey in that game. I think he had like fifty points in that game which was insane. And then mm-hmm. Saquon had like 45 and that was his two running backs. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> yeah, like how he made that happen blew my mind, but uh, just to have those two players, but then Jerron Brown had a huge touchdown and I thought that it was Lockett because I had Tyler Lockett and uh, was not Lockett was Jerron Brown. So we talked a little bit about him, but yeah, I think Metcalf's going to take a little bit away from him this year with Seattle, but, um, yeah, sorry to distract us off the Patriots, but yeah, yeah, that's, well, I, I mean, no, I, I feel who's... like, I feel like we, we touched on it enough. I mean, with the Patriots, I mean, I said what I had to say about them. They're just unpredictable. Like I don't like if, if Edelman's there and I feel like it's a good spot to take him and he's the best guy on the board, I'm going to take him. as far as Demarius Thomas goes or anybody else like that, uh, Dorsett or Inman, I'm not going to be that high. They're not that high on my radar. Like in, uh, in kill Harry would be somebody that, I might look to take like late. I mean, he's a dynasty guy, but I'm just I've never been big on drafting a Patriots player. And I mean that that's just me personally. And I'm not saying everybody should be that way. But like for me, it's just I feel like they don't give a fuck about I mean, no team I'm with you. If we're giving advice to the casual player, you know, then don't just don't mess around with the Patriots players. Still Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're gonna get a Patriots player, get Edelman. That's really mm-hmm. the only one that I would that I would recommend rolling for, and that's for 100%. every casual player out there playing right now. Um, but yeah, back to the Seahawks. We'll go ahead and kind of finish talking about them. I love Lockett this year, and I love DK Metcalf. Have you seen the photos coming out? They're doing like the Derrick Henry, Deion Lewis thing with Lockett and Metcalf. Like how big Metcalf is compared to Lockett. It's it's literally like the same shit as Henry and Deion Lewis last year. Yeah, I love I love those tweets and seeing that side by side of guys that are in the same league. <laughs> it's <laughs> twins with play, Schwarzenegger play and Devito all position. over again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Big it's, it's crazy. Uh, 
Lockett and that should be an interesting combo. I don't know what's going to happen with Seattle this year, honestly. I mean, everybody's really low on on Russell Wilson, but I mean, when you look at the receiving core, it's like, are we really going to be that high on Chris Carson? Like we talked about him in the in the running back episode already, and covered that. I mean, everybody does. I mean, I can see where they might be rolling a little bit more back into that running game, but we've watched him slowly kind of evolve into a passing offense. And I feel like Pete Carroll's not going to let that go because once you can build that up and have a, a badass running game, why would you want to change anything? Russell Wilson still has the great scrambling ability. Yes. But if he's going to be able to, he's got, he's got weapons to get that ball to. I think people are sleeping on DK Metcalf. I think DK Metcalf is going to emerge by the end of the season and he is going to be the number one. I don't know if Lockett has what it takes to, to be a leader like that and to be the, the guy. But Metcalf, I don't know what it is about him. I've watched a couple of interviews. I like his attitude. I like his swag. And I think that he has what it takes to be that star on that team. And I think that he has what it takes to be the next Baldwin for them. And so I don't, I, I don't mind that one bit. I don't mind anybody that wants to have the take that Metcalf's going to be over um, – overlock it because I think that when we were coming out I was talking a lot more like how I liked lock it you know a little bit more than Metcalf but I'm leaning more Metcalf now than I am lock it just from watching what I've been seeing at training camp and how things have been going I think that I think that I'm ready to go ahead and say that I think Metcalf's gonna gonna emerge the the victor in the wide receiver game in that offense this year that's our first disagreement of the night but I just I'm more more Lockett. I'm not a big believer in Metcalf. I think he's a freak athletically, but not the top, not the type player that I want to necessarily invest in. I think he's gonna his athleticism will catch up to him. Um, but I think one thing in his favor is he's gonna get the reps. I think we both agree with that. He's not gonna get pulled. He's not gonna. You don't have to worry about somebody you know pulling him out in the third quarter because he's had two drops or a right. drop. And I'll uh, take I'll take that him getting those 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 reps all day because that's going to lead to more and more receptions. He's going to get better as the season progresses, and if he's being targeted the most, because we all know Lockett's a deep ball guy, and I thought that originally like we might see Metcalf become that guy. I think that if we well, now we're going to see more as Metcalf's going to be able to get out there and get those receptions, and that's what I want for PPR. I mean, yeah, it's great if Lockett can catch a bomb down the field or whatever. You know, that's great for standard. That's what you want in standard. But PPR-wise, I would rather have somebody have no touchdowns and, you know, 10 receptions in a game um, than one touchdown for, like, you know, 30 yards and that be it, you know. So I'm, I'm willing to make my second bet of the garage guy um, betting on Lockett versus Metcalf. Okay, so do we need to take time to to yeah. figure this out? All right. I'm willing to go on air if you want to. I don't care what you want. What you got? What you got? I'll what go you, what you trying to I'll, do. I'll go a hundred bucks on Metcalf having less receptions or yards, you pick. Hmm. A hundred bucks. I'll go I'll do receptions. I'll go receptions. So you got Metcalf more receptions than Lockett. Yeah, yeah, I'll okay. do that. I'll take that. 
right. I'll <laughs> take gonna, that. I'm, I'm gonna start keeping notes. I feel like this is a trend. Oh, uh, I'm already. I'm. It's already halfway written down on my notepad right now. <laughs> I'm gonna remember this. Yeah, I think. I think that by the end of this year, I have more receptions than Lockett. I'm confident okay. in that. Yeah. I'm do we want to do that. fantasy points? Do we blend it? Do we want to do that or no? No, because I feel like Lockett's gonna get a lot of touchdowns. <laughs> like I'm not gonna lie okay. about that. Like Lockett's gonna get touchdowns. Like no lie, but reception. Yeah, I'm 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 cool with receptions. We'll keep it there. Okay. Receptions. See, are you getting a little are you getting a little scared now? Are you getting a little afraid of that? No, no. I'm actually I actually think uh, Metcalf's a bigger red zone target, so I'm actually cool with the leaving the fancy points out of it. So I'm good with it. All right, word. So we got that down. Another bet for the night, dude. We're gonna have so many bets by the end of the season. I'm loving it. It's gonna be great. <laughs> That's why um, you started bringing me on. Sorry. There we go. Yeah, we're turning this into Little Vegas, Garage Vegas. All right. So we we skipped over the Jets. They were ahead of the Seahawks. Go ahead and talk about them. I'm pumped for the Jets. I'm excited. But there's only one wide receiver that I give fucks about, and that's Robbie Anderson. <laughs> that's about it. Um. Uh. With uh. With with Anderson, we we've seen it year after year. I feel like he is. I feel like he's a steal. Like every time I've been drafting, because I have I have him heavily owned in a lot of my leagues, um, and I feel like he's because he's a wide receiver one, obviously, and I feel like he's a steal in drafts because I, I think I took him in pop mock nine. Somebody made the comment like, "Oh, we're trying to get that Robbie Anderson ADP up, huh?" And I was like, "Yeah, I took Anderson over Boyd and Ridley and uh, DJ Moore." And do you do you like Darnold or is this strictly I love Anderson? I love I love Darnold man I like last year it was you know it wasn't that great but I just like this Jets team dude when you bring somebody like Le'Veon Bell into your team that automatically gives you a surge of confidence and so confidence is what a player has to have to excel and be great so if this whole team knowing what they're getting and what they've seen from Le'Veon Bell for years. And then, you know, with Adam Gase coming on, I don't really know how much confidence that can bring. But if, if I'm playing football and I'm Sam Darnold and I know that I got Le'Veon Bell in the backfield that can catch a football like a motherfucker and then run it up, uh, run it up the field, like, I'm, I'm pumped. I'm hyped. And I think that's automatically an uptick for Darnold. And it's an automatic uptick for that team and for their confidence. Their defense is looking pretty good this year. Um, they brought on a couple of new additions. They're going to have a lot more confidence, and they already know they're going to be the best team in New York. So, I mean, <laughs> what more? What more? What more do you want? Like, we can agree on that part. I, I like Robbie Anderson. I I kind of like the other pieces too, though. So it's not. I I see it as more. We partially agree, but I kind of see. It as I like more I like Chris Herndon, and I like Robbie. I, Anderson. I like Jamison Crowder and Quincy Anua, but I mean, not as fantasy. Quincy let me down last year, man. Quincy, like. I, Who's the he, receiver two there? Who's the receiver two? James Quincy, Crowder, Quincy Anumwa. Right now, I think it's Anumwa. I haven't read a lot of training camp. I need to read more training camp notes on the Jets. But Anumwa is definitely who I would think would be the two, just because of how long he's been there. Crowder is uh, not going to – I mean, I haven't – I got to watch a lot more. And, I mean, I would be lying if I spoke on it right now. Um, yeah, I'm not gonna I think overall to the their listeners. depth is right? I mean, we can say that. They're depth they got better. the depth there, yeah. But, I mean, as far as a reliable target that could be consistent for you, like somebody you can play in your lineup every week and I don't have to worry about anything, Robbie Anderson is the guy. 
Agreed. I'm not comfortable to say that a Numois is going to be someone that can consistently bring you fantasy points every week. And I'm not comfortable saying that Crowder is going to be that guy either. Because we both know that there's going to be a lot of these passes, a lot of the targets are going to be going to Lev Bell out the backfield. A lot of these targets are going to go to Chris Herndon when he comes back off his suspension. And a lot of the targets are going to go to Robbie Anderson. I think that's going to be your three major pieces on this offense this year. Anumwa and Crowder, they're there. They're going to be used some. As far as consistency, I'm not really leaning that heavy on those guys. Um, yeah, I'm ready to see what how this team plays out. I think I'm excited about the Jets, the New York football Jets. Where do they finish the division? Ahead or below the um, – the, uh, the Dolphins. Ahead or below, ahead or below the, the the Bills. So we're getting to the Bills, um, but I think that the Jets are going to finish. Uh, I I will put my money saying the Jets will finish second in the AFC East this okay. year. I think they're both going to be within one or two wins of each other, but I'm not sure who I prefer. They, they both have similar kind of makeups right now. I feel like they're both on the rise. Would you agree? The Bills and the Jets? Yeah. Big facts, yeah. yeah. I think that, But I think that just having Le'Veon Bell in that backfield is automatically going to bump them up ahead of the Bills. And I think that that's going to put them in second AFC East. So I'm, I'm comfortable saying second AFC East. Okay. Um, next team to talk about is another team that a lot of people have a lot of questions about this year is the Panthers. Um, as far as wide receivers from this team that, that I like, a lot of people are going to have uh, probably mixed feelings about it. But I like – I think – I can't say I think because if I say I think, that means I lack confidence. Curtis Samuel will finish ahead of DJ Moore this year. You're crazy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I oh. as as far as like like oh, is, is, man. is Curtis Samuel even going to see the field regularly? Yeah, I mean, who else do they have there? <laughs> like, uh, it's they Curtis Samuel, right? Chris Hogan, Tory. Uh, to me, it's DJ Moore pass. But if you I like case, I like DJ Moore. I like Curtis Samuel though. I mean, just kind of looking at some of his stuff that he did last season. Like, I feel like Curtis Samuel is going to be that guy that's going to sneak up out of nowhere, and they're, and he's going to be picked up a lot off the waiver wire. Like, I'm not – like, I drafted Curtis Samuel in a dynasty league um, not too long ago. I mean, definitely having him there is helps out. But he – I think it was later on in, in the end of the season we started seeing – I think his ceiling was like 19 fantasy points last season. And that was with Funchess in the offense. And that, that was him as the wide receiver three. I think Samuel is about to be like the wide receiver two this year behind DJ Moore. He had 19 PPR points against Tampa Bay in week nine. Uh, he had 16 against Detroit in week 11, 15 against Tampa Bay in week 13. And then he had 15 against New Orleans in the last week. But the last week doesn't really ever count. But uh, I, Hey, I like the bold call. Yeah, it's bold. Uh, but I, I think Samuel is going to emerge as a big favorite in Carolina. But, I mean, even with Cam Newton with his shoulder issues and everything, it's it's going to be weird. And it's going to be – I was so high on DJ Moore last year. I was. And, I mean, I think that DJ still has what it takes. But, I mean, his best game was against Detroit in week 11. He had 28 
fantasy points. Christian McCaffrey is just – he's taken over that team, man. I mean, that's – he's made him a – He's made him a run-heavy team, and I mean, it was Cam Newton throwing the ball and running for so long. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I think I'm cool to say that I think Samuel will be the be the guy that that just pops out of nowhere, and people are like, "Holy shit, right. look at this guy!" I'm cool with that. But in terms I'm, of drafting rights, is, is DJ Moore or nothing, or do you think Curtis Samuel is worthy of a draft? Curtis Samuel is worthy of a draft pick. I'm not afraid to say that mm. for any anybody in a casual league. But get him late because nobody's going to know who the fuck you're talking about. And, like, if like for everybody listening to the show that, you know, plays fantasy and, you know, you follow us on Twitter and, and you know, you, you are very heavily involved in the fantasy community, you know who Curtis Samuel is. For the guys that are listening to the show right now that are playing with their friends every year, the casual player, which is that's who we're here for. We're here for you. We want to help you win champion. I just wanted to get that out the way. That needs to be said because I feel like there's a lot of confusion in the industry right now. And this, this podcast is for the garage guy, for the average Joe, for the guy that likes to play fantasy football, chill out with his bros. You love football, but you might not know who some of these deeper guys are. That's why I'm here. That's why Drew's here. That's why we're here. We're here to help you. Curtis Samuel will be a guy, in my opinion, that you can get like in the last two picks of your draft and people are going to be like, huh? And then he's going to be somebody that's going to give you production. So that's where I stand on it. What about you? I applaud it. I just can't <laughs> say I, I applaud it. I just can't say absolutely. It was a moment of it. silence you gave me. Thank well, you for the moment I, of silence. I, <laughs> <laughs> I thought I thought you were moving on to the next one, but no, I I'm all about a bold take. I can't remember who I took in the last round of our mock draft, but I had a similar take with somebody. So I, I'm not I'm not knocking you. I just I just I think that situation is crowded for the number two spot, and I don't I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm comfortable there. Forty Niners okay. is another team. We'll move on to real quick. So I've been talking a lot about Marcus Goodwin. Um, and the more that I've been reading lately, the more it's becoming apparent that he is just – people are just, like, not as high on him. And I guess that once you read so much, you have to just kind of take into account that, like, hey, maybe your take isn't going to be there. Um, because a lot of these younger receivers that are coming up in this 49ers offense are looking to be the ones that, that, are, uh, that are being heavily targeted by Jimmy Garoppolo in practice and at training camp. So there's a lot of new people um, in this offense. I know that the ones right off the bat that we can go ahead and talk about are going to be like Dante Pettis. Um, we got Debo Samuel is a new guy. Trent Taylor. People are talking like really good about Trent Taylor. But these guys are not people that I would go out of my way to draft high. agree with that. I actually kind of – had your uh, similar take here about Goodwin. Um, for the casual fan, the best approach here is a wait and see, see what happens with the with the with the depth chart. But Goodwin to me seems like the most proven. And yeah, he's, I don't know. And they got him. They got him behind Dante Pettis. I yeah. think that Goodwin Goodwin is your best bet. And and like I mean I've been reading all this stuff and I see all this stuff out and that's fine but it still is training camp and you got to remember that 
But nobody is, is giving this guy anything. You look back at the years past, the years that he's had at the 49ers and the things yeah. that he's done for the 49ers. I mean, just last year, I know that he was injured a good bit, but do we not remember 2017? I mean, he had he yeah. had a he had a little span where he had like 22 against Tennessee, and that was that was before Jimmy Garoppolo was even there. So we really haven't even seen what he's capable of. The closest thing we saw to what Goodwin's capable of uh, on this team, I think that this was this wasn't even when Garoppolo was playing. He had 29 points. I think that's that was when C.J. Beathard was was the quarterback, uh, and they were playing against Green Bay. That was Week Six last year. So just remember that we really haven't seen what Garoppolo can do with these receivers and don't go all out on a limb and try to like draft some wide receiver stupid high off of this 49ers team. But if you're going to get one, like I feel like Goodwin is going to be your best bet because I feel like he's about to prove a lot of people wrong. Have you seen this guy's Instagram story? Some I agree. Bitch- Hey, I was about to say the the, <laughs> the perfect the perfect player comp for him is he's a poor man's version of Tyreek Hill. Uh, I'd have to watch more film before I can make that. Comment. No, if you, <laughs> if you look at if you look at his speed and deep ball, his he, his speed is off the charts. He has yeah. the one of the best speeds in the NFL as far as just like straight deep ball. But he's like you said, he's never he's either been hurt or he's been with an inconsistent QB. Um, I'd rather just sit on the sidelines, don't take a 49ers receiver. But if you have to take one, I'd take a risk on him for sure, in my opinion. Big facts. Goodwin is the guy that I'm all about. Um, and plus he – He's not getting any hype, though. He's not. None at all, which is insane. I feel like a lot of people are going to be pissed off they didn't talk about him more. But we're talking about him in the garage. Yeah. Um, so, that's that. All, the other, all these other guys are going to be waivers. Uh, that's, that's where I'm at with that. Cardinals. So now we can talk about Kevin White. Um, so let's see. Cardinals uh, depth chart right now. There's a lot of movement. Kyler Murray's coming in. Whole new offense. New coach, Cliff Kingsbury. We don't really know what's going to happen. I haven't seen any Cardinals receivers going stupid high in drafts. The only one that I've really ever seen is Larry Fitzgerald. He's the old man. He's proven. I literally will say that if I'm going to get any wide receiver off of the Cardinals, it's going to be Larry just because I feel like with him and Kyler, we might actually see something like really awesome happen. What is happening? What is going on? (laughs) What is happening? (laughs) Oh, uh, my computer popped up an ad. Oh, so, we had to add. So, see, but they didn't, they, didn't, they didn't cut the check for Garage Guys. Yeah, so, we're, we're we always have later. we always have a little surprise. Last week we had someone <laughs> catch on fire, and this week uh, we we had pop up ads that tried to pop up on our podcast, and we didn't they didn't pay us for it. I think it, it was a Big Ten ad, so we need to go charge Big Ten the cut Big Ten the conference. Yeah, I'll I'll send them an invoice. There um, you go. But, yeah, Larry Fitzgerald, would you agree that's the only guy to really give two shits about? I mean, where are we at on Christian Kirk? I'm off the team in general, so yeah, I'll, I'll leave the takes to you here. Larry Fitz, putting on the Ritz. Take him late. Yeah, I'm, I'm selling the whole Kyler Murray, Cliff, you know, Queensbury offense. I just, I just don't want any, any part of it. I want to see how it works first, but. I took, Kyler, I took Kyler Murray as a joke 
in a league this past week in a, my family league. I did my family league draft. There's eight of us. My team is stupid stacked, and I took Kyler Murray as a joke. <laughs> like, so we're yeah. gonna see what happens. I mean, can we agree that if it if it works out and it's something that they're putting up crazy points that it it came out of nowhere? I mean, he they were in an offense. I mean, they were getting like ten five to ten yards separation. Every every play the receivers were for Kyler Murray. I read something that was saying basically the NFL cornerbacks is, you know, nothing he's ever seen. But I will say the talent kind of seems similar to other QBs that have had success in the NFL recently. So I don't know. I, I don't you know can't you, you can't knock Larry Fitzgerald and his uh Oh yeah. And what, yeah. what he's done in his career. So He's really the only guy, but like I said, if you're going to grab him, you get him late. There's way, way better wide receivers out there on the board before you get to Larry. Um, how bad do you wish he had a Super Bowl? Really bad. He deserves one just because of how, how he is as a person. I mean, the dude's got a football life, and he's still playing football. Not many people can say that. Yeah, no doubt. I like Larry Fitz, man. He's the man. Larry Fitz putting on the Ritz. All right, let's dive into this Buffalo Bills uh, wide receiver core that we were talking about. Um, it's looking like John Brown is appearing to be the favorite. And I think it was you that actually said you liked John Brown uh, a couple of weeks ago, whether we were talking on the phone or we were actually on the podcast. I can't remember 100% um, yeah. where we yeah. were. Yeah, I'm big on him. Um, I think it matches um, Josh Allen's skill set. So he's a scrambler and a deep ball thrower. He's not a very accurate passer. And John Brown's known for basically a couple routes, but resulting in him scoring touchdowns and long receptions. John so, Brown, think, it looks like he has uh, surpassed Robert Foster on the depth chart. Yeah, I think he's superior in almost every area, in my opinion. But he should match with Allen's skill set. So, I want to see how that goes. But if you have a chance late in the draft to, to take what I'm, what I'm considering Buffalo's number one receiving option, I don't mind taking uh, John Brown. But just remember that he's going to be a guy that will sometimes score one or two fantasy points. And then other times he'll score you 20, 25 because he's – He's a Deshaun Jackson type, you know, big catches, big receptions, but not very consistent. Word. Zay Jones, how are we feeling about the guy that does bath salts and jumps out of windows? <laughs> Wait, I, I, do you not remember when Zay Jones ate bath salts and jumped out of a window of a hotel? I, I don't know if I've, saw, if I've seen that. Yeah, that happened. He did that. A lot of people forget was about that. that. Was this that in college? No, that was in the NFL. This was like a year ago or two years ago. Zay Jones also is the guy that literally can do the Michael Jackson return from death step with his with his legs where he can be laying face down on the ground and pick himself up. That was real. That happened. It was like a fucking magic trick last season. So just off that alone, he might be worth a play. <laughs> like I'm just saying. Like anybody that can do that, that's some sorcery right there. So he might have some fucking wizardry or some sorcery on his side. In all honesty, like don't don't even he'll, he'll be on your waiver wire probably. <laughs> like 
don't don't worry. If you're in a deep league, then Zay, I feel like is a he's he's the wide receiver too now. But I am I am after reading a lot more about John Brown um, and just kind of seeing some of the reports from training camp. I'm uh, I'm right there with you, Drew. I'm I'm with John. So I like John Brown nice. for this offense now. So I've I've hopped on that train. And then we can't forget about the slot receiver. Uh, new got Cole Beasley. He is taking that spot. So he's going to be there. Going to be interesting to see how he plays out. We know it. Dallas, he had his ups and downs, and um, he's going to be an interesting tool. But we also have to remember that Josh Allen likes to just clumsy run everywhere in certain mm-hmm. plays. So he is the running back uh, on that team. There, there is no running back. He, it, is, it, is, it is him and him alone. So your right. quarterback is the running back, and he throws sometimes. Right. Yep, Cole Beasley just going to be there getting receptions, but not, not fantasy relevant at this time. Word. All right. I'm in on that. Um, so, yeah, John Brown, deep, deep. Now, this is the team that we're all waiting to hear about. Let's talk about the New York football giants. I'll pass. You pass on everybody. <laughs> and there, there, is, there is no doubt there. Just to name the guys that we have, Golden Tate's got a suspension coming up. Uh, it's probably not going to get appealed. He said it was for fertility purposes. And they're like, shut the fuck up. No, it wasn't. Um, Sterling Shepard is injured. Uh, and then you got Corey Coleman, which is – I don't even see him on the depth chart, which is not – Yeah, he got, I think he got hurt too. So Yeah, he's, he's hurt. So, he's literally not even on the depth chart that I'm looking at right now. I'm not even fucking with you. Did he? Get yeah, he's on the IR. He got – no, he's on the IR. Okay, Seriously, so he, got, he got he, – he just added him to the list of the Giants um, – Terrible luck. Yeah. yeah, there is nobody you need off this team. Leave it at that. Move it. We we should have we should have moved them all the way to the bottom. Um, but th- this was before all the injuries occurred when we made this list from last week. So that's why they popped up where they did. So got them out of the way. <laughs> Jaguars. D.D. Uh, D. Westbrook is your guy in deep leagues. I'm all about some D.J. Chark. Uh, they, there's not a lot of data to prove anything, but with this new quarterback situation, I think that this could be DJ Shark's season. I like what we've seen with him when he played for LSU, what he can do, the way that he can uh, that he can create separation is different, and him coming in as a second-year receiver might be a good year to emerge, so he might be a sneaky sleeper to watch. So just as the season goes on, don't worry about him. Like I said, you're probably not going to see him coming off of any of your uh, any of your any on your draft. You're not going to see him drafted. I wouldn't necessarily draft him. Watch him closely on the waiver wire this year. If you're going to draft a receiver, I'm I'm all about D.D. Westbrook. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, in but terms late. of yeah, yeah, late for Westbrook and maybe flag Chris Conley. I've heard, uh, I've read some things on Chris Conley that he's kind of emerging as somebody that's that's um, connecting with Nick Foles, but not somebody you're drafting. I had so much hope for Keelan Cole too, man. Like I wanted to see Keelan Cole be great because he was supposed he had like that one good game or that one good week last uh, last year, I think. Keelan Cole did. And yeah, uh, I kind of like him too. I I don't think anyone knows what the Jags receivers are capable of because this is our first chance to see them with. Somebody besides Blake Bortles. Yeah, there is. They're not. They're not worth taking a risk on in your draft. But um, 
definitely worth a watch. But if you're going to draft one, D.D. Westbrook is the way to go. Yeah, Keelan Cole had that one game with 24 fantasy points against New England in week two. So that was like his big game. That's really the only big game that he actually had. But, yeah, we got a brand-new team, brand-new quarterback. So when you have those kind of situations, you just kind of got to sit back and wait and see what happens. Um, I'm a little excited about this next team we're going to talk about, the Broncos. How did I know? I I have never in my life, dude, never in my life. We got our bet with Flacco and Dalton, which I think is going to turn out extraordinarily. Um, especially now with everything that's happened in Cincinnati. But uh, looking at the Broncos, we got a lot of action going on on this team uh, with the new tight, new rookie tight end coming in um, and the new quarterback with Joe Flacco. Um, the defense is looking a lot better. And like I said, the de- defense is, can do a lot. I think the defense was what really won the Super Bowl for them in Super Bowl 50. Um, and I will back that up and say, even though Peyton Manning was there and everything, I just – I still feel like that defense did a lot. So when you got a good defense, it makes things a lot easier to to rock and roll with. But looking at some of these guys, the the ones that I will say that you could draft and look like a fucking genius in your draft going late, looking at uh don't a lot of people that have been, you know, playing for years are gonna know the name Emmanuel Sanders on this Denver Broncos defense, but I think that Cortland Sutton is going to be the guy that you want to watch for this season with Joe Flacco. So there's been getting a lot of reps with Cortland. And then a deep sleeper, somebody that you can look to pick up, maybe work off the waiver wire, is Deshaun Hamilton. So that's really the only two that I like off of this team. Um, Emmanuel is there, but I just with, with the injuries he's had, I'm kind of taking a pause and kind of going to back away from him a little bit this year. Yeah, I like Sutton. Um, Hamilton and Sanders is kind of a, a push for me. I don't know what's going to happen there, but there's no denying Sutton as a talent. And I think Flacco is one of the best deep ball throwers in the league, which matches kind of Sutton, his game. So I, I think, think if you want some, if you want some TD targets uh, late in your draft, don't mind the gamble on Sutton. Yeah, Sutton's Where's he be going? Sutton right now. Um, we'll look at we're, we're using our GGFS pop mocks to go by this. This is just the one from this past week. Um, I drafted him uh, round nine for uh, first pick of round nine. Yeah, I don't mind that at all. I think he's mm-hmm. he's the clear number one with Sanders being hurt. So yeah, so uh, Cortland Sutton round nine is where I grabbed him. Depending on the size of your league, this is a twelve team PPR that we were going in. So that's where I. I pulled the trigger on him at. You might and, – and normally that's around where he's at. He's around this same area with, like, Kiki Coutier, um, you know, Larry Fitzgerald, Will Fuller. He's kind of in that that category. So, Cortland Sutton, guy to watch out for this year on Denver. Might be one of the guys that help you uh, help you rock and roll with your league that everybody didn't didn't know about or didn't do enough homework on. The Ravens wide receiver, Marquise Brown, uh, saw a really funny tweet today. They said uh, some guy, quote, tweeted Marquise Brown, and they said, why y'all's wide receiver one look like he play in the WNBA? 
didn't see that. <laughs> oh my I god! It's on my. It's on my. Uh, I, I didn't retweet it or anything. I just commented on it, but it was fucking hilarious, man. Because when you look at it, he looks like he looks like he could have played in like Joanna Man too, in that picture. It's, I'll check it's, it out. As fucked up as that is to say, <laughs> Joanna Man. Joanna Man too. <laughs> Sorry, Marquise Brown. Nah. He uh he he had that look to him. But uh but yeah, these uh I I don't know how I feel about them, man. I don't know how I feel about why any wide receiver off of the Ravens. I'm not touching any of them. Yeah, I'm not wasting anybody's time that's listening. I'm just gonna pass. All right, perfect. Titans. Well, let's go to your your neck of the woods. So you're you're the closest guy that we have in the garage guy family that's to the Titans. Even though you're not a Titans fan, you live in the city of Titans. So uh, oh, you you had you had a cool little take on Adam Humphreys. I think you you said yeah, that. man. I don't know. Like my whole take about the Titans, even before I moved here, is they're kind of a team that seems to have always struggled, or recently, let's let's say recently struggled with their identity. Like they've changing coaches. Yeah, if I would have had a badass logo of a fucking oil well from Houston and then I got moved to Tennessee, I'd have identity issues too. Like, I don't even know why the fuck. Like, Titans, really? Like, like they could have kept it the Oilers, man. That would have been the shit. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, Man, I don't know what this team is going to do because it seems like last year they started clicking in terms of figuring out what they were, which was giving the ball to Derrick Henry, and now, there's, now Derrick Henry's banged up. So – what are they going to do? You know, they have Humphreys, who they signed. That was like their big free agent signing. And then they went to the draft. Um, obviously, Corey Davis is the number one option there. And then uh, Brown's your number two. But I'm kind of staying away. What are you thinking? So, if I'm going to go for anybody, it's obviously going to be Corey Davis. And mm-hmm. it's going to be late. Um, I'm probably going to be looking at taking him somewhere around now that I'm looking through this draft I'm trying to actually find where he went in pop mock nine and I don't even see his name he should be there let me see yeah yeah okay he went nine four he went behind in kill Harry so he's in round nine he's lumped up in those same category with like Kiki Coutier and everything but I mean you're getting a wide receiver one in round nine it's just all about how you feel about Marcus Mariota um but Davis mm-hmm. is going to be Davis is going to be the only guy that I'd really have a lot of hope for. Yeah. He had he had three good games last year. I mean, three big games. Um, Thirty one. I would take him over Harry. I would take him over Harry. I want to say yeah, that. Yeah, I would take him over and kill Harry myself. I think that that was a. I think that old old dude that drafted him got a steal, in uh in this draft it was a uh, Chris Chris Mo, is who it was. It was actually. Uh, Pardon me, which is uh, our our guy, our guy Austin, drafted in Kill Harry, but I don't think it was. He did that while he was sleeping, maybe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Corey Davis went after him, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, he'll. I'm sure we'll be hearing from him. Um, and, but yeah, Corey Davis went after him. But yeah, I would take Corey Davis over him. I would. But other than that, I mean, that's they're kind of like right in the same area. I'd definitely take him over Sterling Shepard. <laughs> that was another team for sure. Sleep, obviously, had a couple of people fall asleep in Pop Mach Nine. It might not be the best one to go off of, but uh, <laughs> yeah, he. Uh, hey, if, if, if Henry, if Henry's missing, like if, if Henry gets hurt and he's missing 
a lot of time, then I think it's going to change the wide receiver value. I think we agree there. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, Davis, and that's another another guy that's late. Uh, Dolphins and the Redskins are our last two teams. I I have such a hard time wanting to dance with the whole uh, the whole deal around. I don't. Even, I can't even think of his name. That's how bad it is right now. My brain is so spaced out. Um, Which team? We're talking about the Dolphins right now. So uh, Parker, Devontae Parker, Devontae Parker, yeah. yeah. So with Devontae, it's such a love hate because I remember like three years ago when he first came into the league, I was excited about him. We were hearing so much good news about him. And I was like, you know, and not a lot of people were talking about him at first. And uh, I was like, oh, I'm going to get this guy and I'm going to fuck up everyone's dreams. No one's going to see this coming. And then he just shit the bed completely. And it's just kind of been like a bed shit ever since. Like it just has, it's just been like a constant bed shit. Yeah, it's a disaster of a wide receiver thing. Like, like if I list the receivers, you can't even rank them in any educated way probably to me. Yeah, Devontae Parker, Kenny Stills, Jakeem Grant, Alan Hearns, Albert Wilson. I have no clue who's – Albert Wilson's sneaky. I'll say that about him. This is a guy that you want to watch. I had to channel my, my, inner, uh, my inner Chris. This is a guy <laughs> – <laughs> All right, so he's uh, – I'd mentioned him a couple of weeks ago. We were talking about some sleeper wide receivers. Albert Wilson came from Kansas City, I believe, and he had, like, a really great game against the number one defense in the league last season, the Chicago Bears, with Tannehill. I believe, or no, with Osweiler. Yeah, it was Brock Osweiler. He had this really good game. If he could do some shit like that with Brock Osweiler, and right now it's looking like Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to be the starter – in Miami, which I hope to God that's what we see. It's magic. Yes. We all saw what happened in Tampa Bay with Fitzmagic last season in the beginning of the season. So, Wilson might be that sneaky guy, dude. And I think that that could be the, the, the person that makes everyone in your league like cringe at you because they're like, who the fuck is this? How the fuck did you know about this person? This is some wild shit. I'm not saying to draft him, but if you're like in your last round of your draft and you've got your whole team put together and you want to just take a big shot, go with Albert Wilson. That's, I mean, if they, obviously if there's other players that we've mentioned before him that are available, go for them. But if all those guys are taken and you're down to like, you know, the the wide receiver threes and then like like Wilson sitting there, that might be some sneaky shit. Some really sneaky shit. Um, I just wanna see I just wanna see Fitzpatrick win the job. That's all I care about. I just want a few more I years of Fitzmagic. I think he will. I I really hundred percent believe he will. And if he does, that's gonna change a little bit of my my perspective on the Dolphins receiver receiving core. Um, that's going to make me look at things a little bit different because I mean, he is older, he is a leader. Um, and even though he might not be like the best quarterback, I feel like he, his mentality and what he can bring. I mean, it just, just after seeing what we saw last season with in Tampa Bay, like blew my mind when it comes to a quarterback like him. So I hope that we see that roll over into Miami because it's been way too long since the Dolphins have been good and a team in South Beach is supposed to be popping. So, 
Yeah, dude. I never I'll never forget seeing Fitzmagic complete like a forty five yard like a forty five yard pass on the dot and it was just perfect pass. And then five seconds later, a five yard screen pass he throws to the other team. It's just it's it's yeah. unreal. Like it's, the range of outcomes with Fitzmagic. It's it's great T V. So. Right, it is. It's the best entertainment possible. But yeah, I'm I'm keeping an eye on Albert Wilson this season. I really am. And if and if it's gonna be if Rosen gets that job, I don't I don't like Josh Rosen. I just don't like him. And um I uh I'm not I don't think it's a situation for him. No, so I'm with you. I don't I don't like him in general as like a prospect, but he needs to be in a system where it's established and he can sit back and kinda see how it how it plays out. I've never liked his attitude since day one, which is the main reason why I made the kiss from a Rosen t-shirt because I just wanted to make a joke out of him. (laughs) I don't know if if any of you guys have been to the garage guys, fantasy sports store, you've seen my Josh Rose, my kiss from a Rosen t-shirt. So if you're, if you're a Josh Rosen fan, get you a kiss from a Rosen shirt. But um, I just, I don't like him in Miami. I don't know what's going to happen. It's just because it's just the we, we haven't seen anything great come out of there. Don't go out of your way for any of these guys. If it's Magic gets it, Wilson could be sneaky. So just take my advice there. Um, last team, Redskins, before we wrap up. I've said a lot about this. I've had a lot of time to think about it. And um, I'm going to just fucking put all the cards on the table. I'm still going to stand behind my, my Josh Doxson take that he is going to try to be a beast this season because he knows that he is going to probably be getting signed by another team next year. And typically when you see a player in that situation where the option's not picked up, they want to perform so that they can try to get the best seat possible when they move. So if Dwayne Haskins is is slinging the rock, I think that Doxon might be worth a shot unless – he loses the starting job, which I don't think he will. I think that he's still going to have a starting job on that uh, on that offense because who else are they really going to give it to? Like Trey Quinn is somebody that, you know, he has speed or whatever, but there's just not much that's established there. But uh, Terry McLaurin is the other rookie wide receiver that came in. If, Deshaun, if uh, Dwayne Haskins is starting – Terry McLaurin will probably be one of the hev- heaviest wide receiver pickups off the waiver wire this year. Yeah, no takes here. I'm going to leave it to you on on the Redskins. They're a complete stay away for me. I'm just not yeah. interested in, in drafting those guys. But I mean, I by understand. far, yeah. by far. But listen, this is what I have to say to all of you listening right now. Are you are you eating some cereal? I mean, ice. Oh. <laughs> It's good. I love I like you I love Sonic Ice, man. It's so good. <laughs> it um, sounded like cereal from here, so I just had to ask. It'd be some hard ass cereal, bro. <laughs> but uh yeah, Josh I, dude, it's it's so bad, like the etiquette. I'm really I'm about to like get get off this mic and go find some weed. Um so Josh Doxon is just and it, it might be it's a complete crapshoot. Like, I'm taking Josh Doxon like, my last pick of the draft. And that's just because I have this gut feeling that he is going to be like, fuck it, I'm going all out. And I just feel that, and I could be completely wrong. But if you want to kind of ride the garage guy chase gut train, 
keep an eye out for Josh Doxson. Other than that, Terry McLaurin, if Dwayne Haskins comes in, he balls, it be, might be one of the best pickups that you had all year. So Terry McLaurin, Josh Doxson, it's really the only two that I, that I could see doing anything in that Washington Redskins offense. And that's mainly because the ball has to be thrown somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's important to say that these picks are kind of relevant in the, in the deeper leagues. I mean, I know it seems probably unimportant to, to most leagues, but I mean, I know for a fact, I picked. Yeah. If you're in an eight man, if you're in an eight, I'm sorry to cut you off, but if you're in an eight man league, like you shouldn't even be worried about any of this that I'm talking about right now. Like we, we got finished with you like about 35 minutes ago. If you're in like a 12 to 14 man league, we, we we're talking to you right now. Right. Right. I know I picked up Adam Humphreys. Um, in a 16-man dynasty league like a year ago, and it ended up being like a difference maker, starting him on my flex on the Bucks last year. So it is relevant. Mm-hmm. I know it seems like it's not, but like Josh Doxson could be a flex start in some Big weeks. Time. I have him so. in my dynasty league. And like you said, last year I, had a, I was in a 14-team league. I had Adam Humphreys, and he, he saved me. He helped me win a couple of games. Yeah, he's gonna, he got like, what, five, five six receptions a game in a yeah. – Several times, it wasn't many. It wasn't much yards or touchdowns, but it was a lot of catches. He targets. gave he gave you that floor, and like that's 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 what you want. So it's uh so yeah, right. that, I'm I'm gonna leave that there with with Doxon. He could be somebody that emerges, and you had no idea just because a new quarterback rolling in can change everything. Because if they get a connection with someone, it's there, and that connection's already established with Terry McLaurin. So. We'll see how it rolls. That's all we got, guys. Again, uh, follow us uh, on Twitter, Instagram. Check us our Patreon page out, uh, and we're going to be having a lot of content on there for you soon. So uh, tell your friends, tell your family. Thanks for listening. Sports, party, repeat.